Hey, this is TJ Perkins, and you're listening to ROHCast by ROHworld.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 13 of ROHCast. My name's Harry. I'm the web designer and co-owner of ROHworld.com. Once again, I'm here with Stephen, who's the other co-owner and the editor of the website. Hi, everyone. And John, who's the executive writer. How's it going? This week we're going to talk about the latest TV show as usual, uh, discuss the latest news from the past week, and then answer some questions that you sent in. Um, the latest TV show originally aired on December 10th, and began with a quick promo by Cedric Alexander and uh, Caprice Coleman before their match with the Bravados. Um, another strange promo, really, by the tag team here. What were your sort of thoughts on the promo? Yeah, exactly what you said. It was It was a weird one, and... I'm not really sure what sort of angle they're going with with these two. I mean, they just—they sort of hinted this week as if they're going with a sort of um, like a trainer and mentor sort of thing because obviously Coleman's a lot um, a lot older than Alexander, and that's what they sort of hinted at this week. But every single promo just seems to be strange, completely different. But yeah, it's still quite strange. I mean. And they keep going about the Briscoes. I mean, and that match was what two weeks ago now. And um, yeah, yeah, they're not the even Briscoes feuding just, with the Briscoes. Yeah, the Briscoes really. just don't seem to care about them. So no. it was just a bit of a random one. Uh, I mean, I mean it's, surely go on. Sorry, go on. I was like, surely they they should have been talking to the Bravados rather than randomly yeah. saying. Um, but, but I mean, they, they seem to be giving them quite a lot of time, don't they? Especially I mean, the yeah, I was speaking to you earlier, wasn't I, before the show, saying that they've made quite like I think three matches they've had and maybe four promos. Like, and you compare that to some other guys like El Generico, and you know they're getting a lot more time than some of the other tag teams and roster, uh, roster members are. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's it's quite a, it's quite a surprising thing, really, because you say yeah. they, they seem to be doing a promo before every single match and. Uh, the only thing I can think of is that they're just, they're just trying to get him over with, with the crowd. And I know um, during the, the match, I think Kevin Kelly said that we're going to learn more about, about them in the next few weeks. So obviously they're going to start featuring them even more. So I think, I don't know, whoever, I don't know, someone backstage must really like them and they seem to be you know pushing them quite hard, don't they? Do you think they're going to win the um, uh, number one contendership at final battle? I think, I think it's probably a bit early for them to win that sort of match, but... You know, I mean, you look at the other teams in it, though. Who else could win? The All Night Express won't because they've already got a top shot. But, yeah. I mean, we've got a question about this later. If the Briscoes win, we can't have really heel versus heel. Well, and, I wouldn't really say the Young Bucks are heels at this point. They're, they're, like, they have the heelish tendencies, but I suppose they're, they're what, still too hard to cheer against because of how exciting they are in the rings. Mm, that's true. Yeah, I suppose they'd be... Call what they call a tweener, don't they? Sort of mm, in between, not, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think in. I mean, Ring of Honor's yeah, sort of different to you know WWE or TNA, where you know they sort of refuse to do like a face versus face or a heel versus heel. I think Ring of Honor's more sort of they, they blur the lines. It's not just black and white. So I don't think anyone would really, really care because I mean to be honest, the Briscoes and the Young Bucks are probably the two. Uh, most popular teams in the tank division. Yeah, I, so. I want to see that happen, but I just it just made me think, you know, how much they are featuring these guys. Are they actually going to give them the title shot? Yeah, Which I, I mean, would like, not be pleased with personally, but no, I can't see them getting the title shot. But I mean, you look at the tank division; it's it's quite stacked, isn't it? And mm. I I'd say the Bravados are probably at the bottom of the the food chain, and and they've yeah. beaten them. So, mm. um, you know, yeah, you'd think that they were sort of going upwards at least, and uh, they seem to quite like them. So. Yeah, but going back to the promo, I thought I actually enjoyed the promo, or like 
uh, it seemed for a while it was just two random people tagging together just for the sake of convenience, and and this uh, promo, you know, gave them a reason to tag together. It, you know, had a uh, had Coleman, I believe, as the mentor to uh to Alexander, you know, making him not want to have the same mistakes he made in his career. And I just thought it, I I like it when teams have a reason to tie together instead of just thrown together. And I don't, I don't know, I don't see them winning the number one contendership anytime soon. And you know the way you put it, them getting all this uh, TV time in comparison to people like El Generico or uh, even Tommaso Ciampa, who would, mm. you know could really benefit from it. I do find that kind of weird, but I do like the fact that they are giving them time to establish themselves into like as you said the uh, stacked tag division that Ring of Honor has. And I'm not sure what kind of future they have, but uh, I I think they could be a pretty decent, you know, middle mid mid of the pack tag team for the coming year. Mm. Uh, we then had the match between Coleman and Alexander versus the Bravados, and Coleman and Alexander got the win, uh, as we've already discussed. Um, I don't really need. I think we need to discuss anything more about this, unless you've got any comments to share on the match itself. Well, I did like their finishing move. I thought that was pretty nifty. Uh, the little, uh, can't remember who it was, had him on their one of the providers on their shoulder, and the other one did the, I uh, uh, did the uh, ace crusher like out of the slam. Mm. I, I thought that was a pretty. I've I, seen I liked... that before. I can't remember who. It might have been the machine guns in TNA once, but it was a good move. I think they need to have a name for it because it's hard to sort of describe exactly what it was. Yeah, but I, I, I you know, I, that's like the only thing that really I can really remember from the match was that was the finisher. <laughs> I mean, I, I was more impressed with the team than I was when they faced Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team, so it was just a bad night that week. But I think the problem with that week was that they sort of threw him at the deep end, and I think we discussed about how Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team... I mean, I don't know if it's they only seem to uh, sort of put on a good match when they're put in with a top team. I mean, they've, I mean, they, they've done all right in their matches against the Briscoes, and as we discussed, you know, they, they had good matches with the Kings, so... I don't know, maybe they don't think you know that the lesser teams are sort of worthy enough to face them. Or I something doubt like it's that. that. I think it was just the no. styles just didn't mix very well that week against Coleman and um, Alexander. Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely didn't. And, you know, as I've said before, that they, I saw them have a good match. I think it was at the uh, tag team... Um, what was it called? The, the one that had lottery. the tag lottery. Yeah, what was it? Tag team turmoil, tag team that's turmoil. it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a bit of a mouthful. Um, they had a good match with the uh, Future Shock. So, I think yeah, Future Shock providers, maybe even Young Bucks. I think they're, they're the sort of teams that initially they should be facing to sort of um, mm-hmm. help them mould more more as a team. And because I mean, as John says, they're, st- they're still quite a, a, you know a new team to be tagging together. So, the, the early signs are quite um, no quite ex- well, I say exciting, but you know they they look you know they look decent in the ring and. I think the only thing that's going to hold them back is sort of, uh, you know, lack of character. I mean, I don't really see. I mean, you look at the bravados, and you know that they've got something. You know, they've got, you know, they've got a gimmick, so to speak. They've got, um, you know, got characters, and they they've got, you know, they're good. Uh, I think they give a good promo as well, personally. But, um, but yeah, they are good in the ring, Coleman and Alexander. So hopefully that'll be enough to sort of get them over. But a bit disappointed that the uh, the bravados seem to be. Looks like it looks like they're they're on the way out because mm. we keep getting the newswire things about how they're not winning enough matches and you know that they, they lost um, you know they, they lost that match and they lost the the match at Northern Aggression against basically one man yeah uh, Kenny, Kenny King and the Brett Titus obviously Titus was injured before so 
It looks like they yeah, looks like they're on the way out, which is very disappointing because, as Kevin Kelly keeps saying on commentary, if they improve as, as much next year as they have this year, then they could be you know contenders for the, the title. So, uh, yeah, disappointed that the Bravado seem to be slowly getting buried because they they were sort of getting a mini push, weren't they? When they you know they're, they're facing off against Future Shock and uh, Young Bucks, and they were really putting on some good matches. So. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if they've you know, done something backstage to annoy people or something. Or... <laughs> Who knows? But I suppose, as we said, that you know the tag team division looks pretty stacked. So it's it's just giving everyone a you know a chance. And I suppose there's always going to be some people that just can't uh, get enough time to mm. uh, to do what they want. Yeah. Uh, we then had the second match of the night, which is TJ Perkins versus Chris Silvio. We had uh, quick promos by both as well before the match. Uh, what were your initial reactions to Chris Silvio, who is uh, an OVW talent, I believe? Um, jobber. <laughs> <laughs> is that it? Any sort of <laughs> That's not yeah. jobber, 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 jobber. <laughs> yeah, a word association. I think it'd be jobber. Yeah, his promo was. It wasn't as like it wasn't Mike Mondo bad, but it wasn't. It wasn't great. No, it, it wasn't bad, but it. I don't. I don't really see the point in doing these. Sort I don't. Of I, as soon as he started speaking, yeah, exactly what I was going to say. Why he's, he's only going to be making this one appearance? He doesn't need to have any time to talk. Like the Bravados didn't have a promo before <laughs> their match, and they're actually on the roster. But this Chris Silvio is just making his one-off appearance. Well, I hope it's a one-off appearance. Um, <laughs> and then he he had a promo time, and TJ Perkins did a quick one as well. Um, I actually enjoyed the match personally, to be honest. Um, I really liked the finish. I don't know how you describe that move either, to be honest. Um, I think but... it was sort of like a pop-up bicycle kick or something. I'm not, I'm not really, he, what did he call it? He called it Detonation Day or something, didn't he? Kevin Kelly called yeah, it. Yeah, some kind of Kevin Kelly type name for the movie. Yeah, I think he, he must have made it up on the spot. But mm. I think the, the one thing that really was not annoying me, but one thing that really stood out for me was that Silvio seemed to be getting quite a lot of support from the crowd. And yeah, he was, wasn't he? A, he was supposed to be sort of the heel. And I mean, really, there were... They were trying to push Perkins and sort of have him go over him quite dominantly. And he was, I mean, Perkins sort of wasn't really getting much support from the crowd. Whereas this guy who, you know, well, as you say, that'll probably be his own only appearance in Ring of Honor. He was getting more, you know, more support from the crowd. And obviously because, you know, he's an OVW regular. So that a lot of the people at the, you know, at the, at the event were obviously, they'll probably see him quite often. So they get yeah. to know him. And obviously they're going to be more attached to him than to, someone like TJ Perkins who they've not seen a whole lot of. So I think that sort of just destroyed the whole sort of balance of, of the match, in my opinion. Just mm. I think that's just something they have to be wary of in the future, especially with some of the guys who aren't as well known. You know, they're trying to get them over the crowd, and well, especially the people watching at home. And it just doesn't, doesn't really make much sense for the guy who's you know not going to be there often to get more of a, a you know reaction from the crowd from the, mm. the guy who's on the roster. Yeah. Uh, we then had a recap of the sort of the TV title feud over the past few weeks between uh, Mike Bennett, uh, Jay Lethal, and El Generico. And there's also a promo by Mike Bennett explaining the uh, upcoming triple threat match with uh, Lethal and Generico. Um, Brutal Bob was not there, surprisingly. Um, perhaps he was busy training for to be at ringside for final battle. But uh... it, it was revealed that he's now, in fact, a Playboy model. <laughs> Yeah, if you listen back to the promo, it almost does sound like um, Bennett is calling Brutal Bob a Playboy model, which <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to see. He's good. I don't think he's that good. 
And then uh, Lethal also did a promo as well, saying that he's going to beat both men and uh, he's got no problem facing two of them at Final Battle. And what did you think of this, you know, given the recap of the TV title feud and promos by both of them? I didn't mind the promos, actually. I thought, I'm beginning to like Bennett more and more every single time I see him. I don't know why. I don't know if, <laughs> it's just sort of, I really like, you know, the promos he gives and I like his character and he's improving in the ring. So, yeah, I'm I'm really warming to him. And, uh, yeah, the Lethal promo was, was sort of the standard Lethal stuff for him. And he's always quite decent for, yeah. for promo. It's just, I don't know why they keep going over, you know, what's happened in the TV title sort of feud. Because, I mean, everyone knows what's happened, and every single week they seem to have it in the Inside ROH segment. And it's just, for me, it's just getting a bit tedious the way they keep going over it and over it and over it. I mean, have the promos by all means, because, you know, it's a good way of advancing the story and, you know, keeping it relevant. But to have the, you know, the recaps. The, the, yeah, the recaps and the highlights of last week and the week before, it's, it's just a bit, mm. I don't know, it's just a bit boring for me. But Yeah, I like the promos. I've been it as you know, really good at the promos. You know, he's just so good at playing like the arrogant, cocky bad guy that you just want to see, you know, uh, get beat up and, you know, just get what's coming to him. And Lethal as the uh, face who's, you know, trying to overcome that. You know, he says it's pretty much the same thing every week, but it, it's, it's enough to keep the feud going. And, yeah, I wish they wouldn't show the recap every week. I think the promos themselves would be enough. But... I know this is going to be impossible, but I think El Generico somehow needs to get a voice in there as well. I know, you know, he can't talk or anything, but there needs to be some way that he gets his two cents in instead of just Bennett and Lethal the entire time. Yeah, he needs, I don't know, a mouthpiece or something. I don't know who or what, but some way of, yeah, getting his opinions across and making him, you know, not feel like sort of an afterthought in the feud. Because this feud, let's be honest, has been built around Bennett versus Lethal, hasn't it, really? Um, and Generico's sort of been put to the side. I mean, he's only appeared like twice on the show. And Bennett made a really good point about why is Generico even in the match at Final Battle to begin with, because Lethal beat Generico, Bennett uh, took Lethal to the time limit, and then Lethal could not... I mean, then then Generico couldn't beat him, beat Lethal in his rematch, so it kind of makes sense, like, why is Generico even in this match to begin with, other than, you know, it's going to make the match probably better, but, <laughs> but it like storyline wise, it doesn't really make sense why he's even there. Like Bennett made a, you know, I thought Bennett made a whole lot of sense with his reasoning. Mm. I think they've really struggled to sort of get Generico over on the TV show, haven't they? I mean, he's the sort of guy that, I mean, with live events, you can just go out and have a great match and the fans love him, but those with the TV crowd, you really sort of need someone to, as you say, either, the guy to have a you know do promos himself or at least I don't know I, mean, I don't know what they could do maybe do like video packages for him but then is, is it going to be the same as a promo I guess not but as you say I mean he just seems to be an afterthought really in this match it seems to be Benny against Lethal and the way they're building it it just seems like Generico's got absolutely no chance of winning the title I mean mm. I, I don't think he has personally but the way they're sort of um, you know, showcasing it is—it's literally just lethal against Bennett with Generico's in it because they need—you know—they needed someone else to do, yeah. be in the match or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, they've struggled with Generico so far, and I suppose—I mean, I don't really know what. I suppose it depends on what happens at final battle. If he gets involved in sort of the steam thing again, I mean, I hope he doesn't because I think that sort of that ship sort of sailed. But they're going to have to do something with him because 
he's he's too good not to be one of the, the top guys, uh, mm. you know, in, in the company. And uh, he, he hasn't featured as much on the TV show as, as I would have liked. And I suppose maybe that they could just have him have more matches and let him, let his wrestling do the talking, so to speak. But yeah, I mean, how many times has he wrestled? Twice, is it? And I think, I think the only so. time he's ever wrestled is for the TV telephone. Yeah, and he's yeah. basically lost both matches, so it's, it's not a great start to the TV show for Generico, is it? Mm. I did like how Lethal said he was sick of the time limit draws. I think he spoke for you know most of the ring. Isn't everybody? Fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, so hopefully, you know, him saying that will signify perhaps they are going to start ending, stop doing time limit draws as much. Uh, the second half of Inside ROH was a promo by uh, Eddie Edwards and uh, Dan Seven in their training camp again. Um, they've not really moved from their seats over the past three weeks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. Basically, actually, quite. I, I like this angle behind it. Basically, you're saying that um, Edwards has got Seven as his corner man, and Seven's used to these big fights, you know, these main events. But in David Richards' corner, all he's got is Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly isn't used to these sort of huge matches, and he, he said he might. What was it? Um, like, he might. The pressure might get to him or something. But you know, Dan Seven never gets rattled. I think he said never. I think close up of his angry face. Yeah, never. Never. Yeah. Um, so I quite like that. I quite that. I um, quite like the angle behind it. What did you think of the um, segment? I liked it because, uh, you know, Ed, Eddie said at one time, having the per- the right person in your corner saying the right thing at the right time could mm. make all the difference. And, you know, Severn, who's been in uh, the big fights in his career, makes sense for him to go there. And I, I it's starting to make, you know, make more sense to get better like, and the angle itself get better as it goes along. Like, you know, we I guess we all thought it would. I mm. had the weird start to it. But I... Still struggling to see why Davey's so upset about this, but <laughs> trying to get past that though. I'm trying to get past that, mm. but uh, yeah, Severn seems to make sense to be in Eddie's corner to give him that uh, the like the have the experience on his side and the big matches, so he knows what to expect and like how to overcome what he's going to be faced with. Mm. Now, the last few weeks of sort of the build up have made a lot more sense than the start. I think. The, the problem with the start was, as you say, I mean, Richards was just really, really annoyed that he'd done this and it just didn't make any sense. I mean, if, they, if they'd have just, I don't know, announced it, you know, in a better way, I think fans would have been less, you know, less likely to just sort of been, you know, completely shot it down in flames to begin with. But the, the last few weeks have really, you know, made it make more sense, really. And mm. as, as John said, you know, although I still, I'm not 100% sure that it's, you know, it's going to work. It's. Uh, I suppose it, it it adds a bit to the match. I mean, with Richards having, you know, O'Reilly and probably Tony Casino in his corner. I suppose it it would. Uh, it's only fit that fitting that Edwards has some someone in his corner, and it adds something to the match, I guess. And uh, with the whole training, and I suppose it's going to add a bit more to the actual in ring stuff as well, because he's going to be, you know, Richards is supposed to be going to be fearing the uh, the dragon sleeper, isn't he? I mean, it's, they're really building up that move to really be something to be uh you know to be scared of that could sort of end the fight at any time so mm. um i suppose in that regard it has um added a bit to the match because i think they needed it uh, especially after you know best in the world where it was just such a good match that they needed something different a bit of a different angle to go off on to sort of um you know get the fans sort of uh excited for it again yeah um we then had a promo by Davey, who was talking about the House of Truth. Um, he was talking about his proving ground match against Michael Elgin on next week's show, and uh, talking about uh, Roderick Strong's challenge, what he called a farce, I believe he said, or something like that. 
believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I think Roderick Strong's taken it very seriously. Clearly, um, <laughs> there was no visit to Camp Strong this week, though. Unfortunately, uh, no cheesy. No, we, didn't, cheesy we didn't get any cheesy. No, or cheesy close-ups. No. no that, uh, that was just for Dan Seven this week. We might have to, yeah, we might have to wait till next week for another visit to Camp Strong. Um, you, did, you basically said that Truth Martini is trying to. Um, make him like lose concentration, lose spirit before final battle, but he's not going to let that happen. And mm. I think he said while Algi might be unbreakable, that he's un- unbeatable or something. That's right. That's unstoppable right. or unbeatable, yeah, one of them. Yeah. Um, we then got to the uh, the main event of this week, which was the Yona Express versus Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team in a Proving Ground match. Um, the end of the match saw um, the Briscoe brothers come out and attack Shelton Benjamin with a steel chair. Um, which then, obviously, he was taken out of the match. Charlie House was then distracted, and then Express picked up the win and got a future tag team title shot, probably some point in 2012. Uh, what did you think of, you know, probably the match itself and also the the finish? I loved this match. I thought it was a very good match. Like mm. it's uh, the beginning with King and Benjamin. It just, you know, everybody's ever since uh, uh, Haas and Benjamin came in and been wanting to see King versus Benjamin in a singles match. And this only further proves that we need to see that match. I thought the opening sequence between the two were, yeah, I, was I just agree. amazing to watch. Like so, like just the athleticism they showed off was just incredible. Mm. But I thought the match was really good. I loved how they, uh, Resident Evil Tag Team, focused on the arm uh, that Titus injured by going into the ring post. It's something. Oh, yeah. It's something that you know. It's little things like that that I like. It's something that that doesn't always happen in wrestling. Like when somebody injures a body part, they kind of. Forget, forget that that happened, and you know, target other areas of the body. And I just like that, you know, something simple like that could lead to such a big thing in the match. And mm. I just thought it was a very good match. I, I, I'm gonna, you know, leave the uh, post-match stuff to later. But the match itself was very, very good. Stephen. Yeah, I have to agree with John. And you know, it was. I think it was definitely a step up from. Wrestling's greatest tag team was the sort of latest matches. He showed uh, more what they can do, and you know, as, as John said as well, just you know the, the bit about the uh, the shoulder injury to Tyler. I think that sort of thing can just make you know make the, the match flow that, that much better, and uh, it, you know, really built up to the the hot tag as well. Kenny King coming in, and it just it just improves the match, and it's just so simple to do. So I don't see why that they don't do it more often, especially. Uh, with wrestling's greatest tag team, they're sort of going down the route of making them seem like quite ruthless, and mm. uh, I think that they they got that across a lot more this week, which was which was good, I think. Um, but yeah, it's definitely improvement, and uh, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I really enjoyed this match as well. I mean, you know, a lot of people are critical on wrestling's greatest tag team over the past few weeks, and even us on the podcast. But I know I really did enjoy this match. I think it just shows how good Orna Express are, and. You know how I'd love to see them become, you know, main eventers and perhaps win the tag titles next year. Um, an interesting note is that Ladder War Three was finally mentioned for the first time ever, I believe. Um, they actually mentioned about that the match actually happened. They didn't mention, you know, that it was for the um, for the number one contendership for the title shot, but they, you know, they mentioned that Orna Express are used to these big matches and they've already had success previously. And I thought that was good that, you know, they are putting them over and they're talking about the, you know, the success they've had before the TV show started. So, Stephen, what did you think of the end of the match? Um, I wasn't a big fan of it, really. I mean, I like the way that the Bristol's got involved. And it's, it's, it's like, again, it was just a simple thing that, you know, adds to the, the match at Final Battle and just sort of uh, 
you know, builds to it a bit more. But the way Benjamin sold it as it just been like shot or run over by a tank or something. <laughs> it's just it was. I mean, it was a bit know, over the top, you know. I mean, some yeah, some of the things that you know you see in Ring of Honor. I mean, a chair shot to the back is just quite a run of the mill thing, and. Yeah, the way he's, you know, he, I mean, he he didn't even look that, you know, he wasn't really showing any injuries through, throughout the match. He was, um, it was just sort of out of nowhere that, he, you know, chair shot to the back, fair enough, he's going to be down, you know, have the, the finish of the match and have Haas cut the promo. But the way that they sort of, yeah, they, I think they just, sometimes they try too much to, to look real sort of thing. Yeah. And rather than just, I mean, yeah, it was a chair shot at the end, you know, chair shot, oh, He's shouting, gonna leave. I mean, he looked like he was having some sort of seizure at the start. Yeah. And I, I just thought it was it was a bit ridiculous. It was him. really over the top. I mean, these are supposed to be sort of really big, strong athletes, and it's just one chair shot. And yeah, he looked like he was injured, you know, broken ribs. You know, Charlie Oss was like, I've already lost one brother. Um, <laughs> even if it's just me on my own for our match in two weeks, you know, one chair shot's gonna take him out for two weeks. Um, he, he wanted the Briscoe's ass, he said, but. I think I like, was... I like the way that House's promo actually had a bit of um, aggressiveness it, to it. Yeah, a bit of aggressiveness and a bit of emotion in it, rather than their normal just sort of boring promos. At least mm. he had something behind it, it's but a fire, it, so to speak. Yeah, it was just. I think they could have done it a lot better. I mean, I wouldn't have been, you know, so against uh, Benjamin being so injured if it was more than just one chair shot to the back. If the Briscoes, you know, hit him a few more times, or you know. Double teamed him and like beat him down or something like that during the match, and had him laid out like that. But just the one chair shot and and to have you know Charlie Haas getting so over emotional and like crazy about it, comparing it to the loss of his brother, like it just it just all came across as like a bad like Mexican soap opera to me. Like all I could think <laughs> of watching it, it just seemed really forced, didn't it? And mm. Like they were just trying to sort of get cheap heat out of, you know, something that serious. And I don't know. I just, yeah, I wasn't a fan of it to be honest. I mean, you think about it. The Briscoes win ladder wall three, and look how crazy that was. And all it no, takes. Did Mark Briscoe jump up a lot of thirty foot ladder? Something ridiculous like that. But all it takes to take out Wrestling's Great Tag Team, you know, one chair shot chair back, shot, yeah. you might be out for two weeks. I think. Well, you know, uh, to be honest, I world, think uh... Stephen, me and you could beat Wrestling's Great Tag Team. There, <laughs> We've got you know their weakness discovered. I know, yeah. That's really the best in the world. They keep showing that footage. Didn't they hit them both about four times and yeah. they live? Yeah, Shout and Benjamin takes one now. And maybe those chair shots like, opened up a little weak spot in his back. I mean, and, like, chairs are little... made of brick or something, or <laughs> they're not really steel. We, we don't know what they're actually made of. I mean, yeah. Maybe they're like, I don't know, titanium chairs <laughs> that don't bend or anything. That... Yeah, maybe they can just break people in half. Who knows? We'll have to find out at our final battle. Okay, so that wraps up the latest TV show from the past week. Um, we're now going to talk about the latest Ring of Honor news that's been announced, uh, as always, on ROHHall.com. Um, unfortunately, there's not been much uh, news over the past week, but we're going to recap what there has been and uh, share our thoughts about it. Um, the first is um, a match announced for Final Battle. Uh, Unbreakable Michael Elgin will be taking on TJ Perkins in a special challenge match. Um, what are your initial reactions and uh, expectations from this? Should be a really good match. I mean, I, I think a lot of people were sort of expecting it because you know when you sort of worked out who had a match and who didn't, um, then sort of, you know them two guys were two um, that really didn't have anything to, to do at final battle. But I, I think. Algin always works well against sort of smaller, quicker opponents. Yeah. It allows him to show off his sort of power 
power base moves better and um, TJP always you know always puts on a, a good show and I think I think that's got the potential to be uh, you know one of the best matches of the night. I think it's going to be real. Could be um, the sleeper hit, couldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it could be the sleeper yeah. match of the night. I think people aren't going to be expecting that much from it, but I think yes, yeah, I think it will be up there as one of the best matches of the night if they if they play it right. Um, yeah, I'm 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 quite looking forward to it, and I believe when we spoke to TJ on, on the podcast that he, he episode said four. Yeah, episode oh, episode four. That was ages ago, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he said. Um, yeah, he'd be quite, you know, he'd, he'd look forward to facing Elgin. I mean, we, battle, we so. asked him to pick anyone from the roster to face, and he did say Elgin, so... Yeah, because, I mean, he hasn't faced him before, and, you know, as we said, I think both both guys will match you know, match each other well. So, mm. um, yeah, it's got the uh, potential to be really good. Uh, the next bit of news is uh, a time change for Florida, I believe, John. I think you were telling me about this earlier. Yeah, since... Uh... There's a uh, the Buccaneers are uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing the uh, Dallas Cowboys Saturday night and it and uh, as NFL rules they have to show it if it's not getting shown on a basic cable channel they have to uh, make it be shown on one so uh, it's making Ring of Honor get bumped because the uh, my network station that usually carries Ring of Honor is going to carry the game so the, instead of showing at uh, seven and ten on Saturday the show will air at six thirty and eleven thirty on December seventeenth. So just a heads up for any Tampa area Ring of Honor fans. Okay. Another quick thing about um, RHTV as well. I mean, I, I'm not, you know, that up on sort of American TV over there, but people on who have Verizon Fios, is that like Ver- Verizon? Cable? I believe Verizon Fios is that type of like cable carrier or something? That's just John will know more than I do. Oh, I saw that. I didn't know what it was, so I oh. just even bother with it. Apparently subscribers of Verizon Fios, um, basically they're they're gonna stop having ROH after the thirty first of December because apparently um they fa- ROH failed to sort of uh, conclude a deal with them. They weren't willing to pay as much as Ring Runner thought they should for for all like basically all the Sinclair stations. So um so that the Sinclair station on I mean on, on that cable network or whatever whatever it is it's going to be pulled. So after the 31st of December, anyone on that who has that cable network are going to not going to be able to watch ROH on their on their TV. And they've sort of asked people who do uh, have Verizon to um, sort of bombard them with, <laughs> with com- com- complaints uh, and ask them to sort of reconsider. So if you have that, then please tell us what it is and uh, <laughs> and complain to them. Yeah. Yes. That was all definitely. Right. And the last bit of news, well, I don't know if it's a news, but um, we've had a exclu- exclusive video interview with Adam Cole, which was uh, filmed by our good friend TJ Perkins at Northern Aggression. Um, it's a good about 10-minute interview with Adam Cole, and there's also um, an appearance by Kenny King for the last question. Um, really appreciate TJP for filming it, and Adam Cole for obviously taking the time to do it. Um, it's really good, so I recommend you definitely check it out. Any uh, thoughts on the uh, video interview at all, guys? Yeah, it was quite interesting. I, I thought his answer to the "If you weren't a wrestler, what would you be?" was quite interesting. Did he say he was public speaker? But Adam Cole, it's, public speaker, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was. It was quite a quite a random one. I mean, you don't really. I don't know. I don't know what you'd expect from a wrestler, but you. I don't know. I suppose you you wouldn't expect them to be a public speaker, would you? So that's mm. quite. A, yeah, that was quite interesting, and. I mean, all of it was uh, interesting, and the the last question where Kenny King came in as well, and they sort of 
uh, explain their first sort of resting memory. And I believe TJ Perkins got in on that one as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Adam Cole took the camera for the last one. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, go and check it out if, uh, if you haven't watched it. It's over on our YouTube 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 channel. Um, YouTube.com slash ROHworldcom, I believe. I'm not sure if that will work, but if not, <laughs> just uh, head to ROHworld.com and there's a link to the video and our YouTube page on there. I know nothing. No. <laughs> well, that wraps up the uh, brief bit of news from the past week, really. Um, a bit disappointing, unfortunately, but I'm sure with uh, next week, you know, the big build for Final Battle, um, there'll be uh, many more announcements made for us to talk about. Speaking of the uh, build for Final Battle, next week's show is set to be a huge one for ringofhonorworld.com. Um, we're set to preview, not only preview Final Battle, but we'll be joined by Steve Carina. Um, obviously, he's got a huge match with Kevin Steen coming up, so be sure to send in any questions you've got for uh, Steve Carino, and we'll be sure to pass them on. Uh, we're now going to answer some uh, questions and topics that you sent in. Uh, you can always do this anytime during the week. Um, you can email us to contact at rhworld.com, tweet us at rh underscore world, go on our Facebook wall, facebook.com slash rhworld, or write on the forum, which is rhworld.com slash forum. There's actually a um, ROHcast um, sticky thread there where you can submit your questions and also you can apply to be on the podcast. We're going to start having guests on from the forum um, on for this segment of the podcast to get more opinions um, shared. So if you want to come and join us and talk about Ring of Honor, just be sure to post on the forum. And uh, as usual, questions man, Stephen has all the uh, questions you've sent in. Yeah, question man, is that my new uh, job title? Yeah, definitely, I think so. Uh, first one on Facebook is sent in by uh, Andreas. He says, can Davey versus Eddie 3 be as good as best in the world match? I think um, wrestling is my saviour on the forum also asked that. He said, does Richard versus Edwards 3 have the potential to be their best encounter? Uh, sure, it could be their best encounter. It could live up to uh, what they did at best in the world. But it's going to have to be a different match. They can't go out and have the exact same match because you know, as technically it would be just as good if they had the exact same match. It wouldn't be as exciting, and mm. what they they would need to do something different uh, to differentiate itself from the uh, first two matches they had. Because the match they had on HDNet for the TV title was a, a different match than what they had at Best in the World, and what they needed to have at Final Battle needs to be different than those previous two matches. It's kind of like a evolution of their uh, of their feud and how they've gotten to know each other better and how they you know, know what the other person is going to do and, and just how training at different places is going to affect uh, their in-ring styles. They need to come up with something. I don't think it needs to be as long as the Best in the World match because that was, what, like a 40-minute match? Mm. And it doesn't need to be as long to be as good. It just needs to be different and tell a good story to be as good. So while it, it, it does have the potential to be, as good, to be as good as those other matches, it just needs to be a different match like altogether. Yeah, I hope they don't sort of think, you know, how can we better the best in the world match or make it longer. I hope they don't go for, like, 50 minutes or whatever because, you know, I'm not mm. saying that 50 minutes match can't be good, but, I mean, that's not the only way it can be better is that if it's longer. So, um, I think that, yeah, as John said, they have to make, you know, put a different spin on it. And I think the whole sort of, uh, you know, Eddie's new move, the Dragon Sleeper, that'll help them put on a bit of a different uh, sort of spin on the match and, uh, I think it's quite a challenge for both of them, really, to make it as good, if not better, than the Best in the World match, because it's going to take some doing, because, I mean, a lot of people are saying 
you know, that match is a match of the year. So mm. for it to be as good, if, if not better than that, if they got, you know, they've got a lot to live up to. So they've got a, quite a big job on their hands. But I suppose you, you, you couldn't really pick two uh, better guys in the roster to go out there and have, you know, a really, really good match. Yeah, I mean, I personally doubt it could possibly be better <laughs> just because of, you know, it was such a great moment when David did finally win, you know, the belt, very emotional on that. And uh, I think I agree with John, they need to have a different style of match to try and make it, you know, not necessarily try to make it better, try to make one that's just as good, but in a different way, I think is what they need to aim for here. Um, my only concern is with, you know, having Team Richards and Dan Seven, like, at ringside. I'm just hoping that they don't get involved or there's some sort of swerve, like Dan Seven joins Team Richards or something like that. I just hope it's just, a, you know, straight down the middle, clean fight with nothing, you know, no, no sort of TNA antics, shall we say, going on at the end. I can't see that happening, but... And, and not, sure. not that specifically, but, no. you know, like Seven throwing in the towel or just any any sort of interference or something that isn't, you know, just your standard match. I'm sure I read somewhere, or I can't remember where it was, but someone mentioned possibility of, because uh, I know Truth Martini was the whole, you know, David Richards was with me, that whole <laughs> thing he did through, through that match. Mm. Maybe if like, Eddie Edwards turned and joined the House of Truth, would that be something that you like, really wouldn't want to see? Or I don't know if he'd get the title as well. I mean, say he won the title back, after, you know, because of Truth Martini sort of hitting Richards with the, you know, the uh, book of truth would that be something you'd be like really against <laughs> yes uh, <laughs> okay. I, I think you know truth martini he's, he's got a good sort of partnership and uh, sort of team going with roderick strong and uh, i don't really think he needs to add edwards as well um because obviously there'd sort of be a conflict between the two of them and i don't i wouldn't personally want to see that how about you john um i wouldn't see it mind mind seeing edwards join the house of truth eventually but I don't think the main event of Final Battle would be the right time to pull the trigger on that. I think it would need to be a slow build-up to him, you know, finally seeing why he would need Truth Martini to get back into the title hunt. And I don't think Final Battle, the main event, would be the right time to do that. Yeah, I mean, he's just got seven, hasn't he, to try and beat Davey? It'd be a bit silly if he just, you know, oh, forget you seven, after all this build, I'll just go with Truth Martini instead. And if Truth Martini fails, he, he goes gets Brutal Bob. Then Bruno Bob fails. He just goes against Prince Nana. <laughs> and then we see the return of Julius Smokes. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> uh, another thing to do that that match. I mean, you've all basically said no to that. Um, are you <laughs> are you expecting some sort of heel turn from one of them? Or I mean, because before the Best in the World match, they were sort of teasing a breakup of the walls and. You know, sort of a, a turn for one of them, and everyone was expecting that, but it, they they just let it, you know, let it play out. Just, the match was, you know, what it was, and the, the great moment at the end. I don't think that you'll be having that moment again, even if Eddie wins the belt back. I don't think anything will sort of reach that that height of uh, mm. emotion. Do you see them putting the trigger on maybe Eddie sort of turning heel to to win the belt, or even Davy sort of, you know? turning heel to retain it. I mean, do you see some sort of heel turn? or uh, just let it I definitely don't see Davey oh, yeah. turning heel just because they want him to be the face of the company and especially if he's heading into a feud with Steen. I think Steen will work better built as sort of a heel even though he'll get a great reaction from the crowd. But, um, I mean, how could Eddie win, or sorry, turn heel without winning? I mean, I can't see him winning the belt because it's very rare that people get two sort of title runs in Ring of Honor and it'd be weird for them to cut Davies short like this. 
I suppose that they could have him just go crazy after the match and attack him or something, but I think that would make him look a bit weak, personally. But mm. I mean, it's definitely something that I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if one of them did, especially Ed, you know, Eddie. As you say, I think Davey's the sort of guy they want to sort of build the company around for you know at least the next six months or so with the belt, and mm. they want to make him sort of the big face of the company. Um, and as you say, I think Steen's going to be the next main challenger for the belt. So whoever has the belt, I think it'd be better for them if if they're a face, especially you know the the supposed biggest face in the company because uh, that'd give Steen even more sort of heat against him, wouldn't it? So yeah. So basically, no to the uh, no turns, well, John no interference. Well, that's what say. I'd prefer. I'd prefer it straight down the middle. But yeah, I don't think there needs to be a heel turn. I think one of them needs to get more aggressive than they were in Best in the World. Like, I think that'll be Eddie. Yeah, get like the more of an edge because uh, at the uh, Chikara pay per view, the High Noon. Uh, Mike Quackenbush actually showed like an aggressive edge that he usually doesn't show, and it you know made for a made the match like a whole lot more interesting than it would have been otherwise. And I just think you know if, if Eddie Edwards starts using maybe some heel tactics like you know thumb to the eye and stuff like that, some underhanded tactics just to get an advantage, it would you know be pretty interesting. But without him actually having to you know completely turn heel, I think would be the best way to go about it. Mm, I suppose with Eddie as well, he, during one of the sort of promos, he said that at best in the world, he had chances to finish off Davey, but he didn't because they're brothers and stuff. But I suppose that's sort of changed now. And he said, like, if that opportunity came up again, he would, you know, he would finish him. So that, as you say, that sort of lends itself to Eddie being, you know, being more ruthless and being more aggressive. So, yeah, definitely something that could, again, help the match have a bit of a different angle to the one at best in the world. Uh, right, next question, also on Facebook from Macklin. He says, I was never a big fan of the Briscoes, but as of late with their promos and the very funny 10 questions segment, I've become a fan. Do you see them winning the titles at the final battle? Like I do. And so, if so, can you see them feuding with Ornite Express again in 2012? Um, which part should we answer first? Sort of a two part question there. Um, I guess do, you, do you see them winning the titles at final I, battle? I think so, yeah. I mean,. Most people want that to happen, and I think it'd be strange for them to keep the belts on wrestling's greatest tag team because, as I said before, there's a lot of sort of negativity around them at the moment, and uh, I think it'd be great to have the Briscoes as champion, and it'd lead to more, I think, better feuds, like as you said earlier, Briscoes versus the Young Bucks and things like that. Um, I for a long time I expected them to win that final battle, but last couple of weeks I've been thinking that maybe. The way it's been building, been building up, it seems like it's uh, being built up for the world's greatest tag team to finally be able to o- overcome their you know, long arch nemesis of the Briscoes. But uh, in that situation, I think early in 2012, that the All-Night Express would actually be able to beat the Resident's greatest tag team. So for a while, I thought that the Briscoes were going to win, but now I'm kind of starting to back off of it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the way they've built it up, I think it'd be hard for the Briscoes to lose and to still sort of be in the hunt for the, the titles. I mean, I just don't see how they could come off a loss and still be sort of considered as the top challengers for that. So I think they've got to be careful with who they, you know, I'd, I'd expect the Briscoes to, to win the titles. I think I think it'd really help, you know, freshen up the, the sort of the title picture if they did. Because, mm. as you said, it would open itself up to stone, you know, good matches and feuds. And I think it'd probably better Russian Scratch's tag if they lost it as well, because I'm sure ROH are picking up on sort of 
some of the negative vibes that the fans are, have got towards uh, Arsene Benjamin. And I think a lot of them would go if they were to drop the, the titles in a, a great match against the Briscoes. Um, I mean, you, you've talked about heel turns, but what about wrestling's greatest tag team turning heel to keep the belts? Um, I'm, I'm not sure if that would really work against the, against the Briscoes, because I suppose because the Briscoes have used so many underhand tactics against them with like the steel chairs and everything. I don't think that would really work, but mm-hmm. I that's think that's true. definitely that's definitely mm-hmm. something in the future that could be considered. Because as you say, as I say, you know, there's so many negative vibes towards them that if they did become here and started cutting promos saying, you know. They've earned, you know, they've earned so much money throughout their careers, and they don't give a crap what the fans think or what. You know, I think that would that'd help them because then they could sort of really tap into that negativity and help it, you know, put it in their favour. So, mm. I mean, definitely in in the future they could consider a heel turn for them. Yeah. Do you think there's any chance that their match at Final Battle just turned into a fight without honor because of all the build up they've had, or do you think it's just going to be a straight tag match? I think the problem with that is because you've got Steen and Karina on the card as well. I don't think they'll want two really, really like crazy matches because I think Steen and Karina has got. The, I think it could be absolutely crazy. I think they could end up probably brawling in the next state or something. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's got there. That's got the potential just to be you know that they'll go anywhere they want. They'll use whatever they want. So I'm not sure if they want the two of them sort of matches to um, you know to to be on the card. So. I suppose it would make sense, but I, I don't. I don't think they want to sort of go overkill with the uh, hardcore stuff, to be honest. I mean, you know, the, one chair shot would just end the match anyway if it was hardcore. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. yeah after, after Benjamin almost dying from one chair shot, if they started like going through tables and ladders, it would be like, what? How, how is he still alive? <laughs> uh, right. This one is on Twitter from at WLHJU. He says, if the Brisco, oh, this is about the Briscoes. If the Briscoes win the straps for final battle, do you think there's a chance the Bucks will get a shot as both teams are heel? Oh, well, we didn't answer the second part of the the first question, did we? The, the can you see them feuding with ANX again in 2012? Oh, so, uh... we'll talk about them both. Do you see them feuding? If they do win, do you see them feuding with ANX uh, and or the Young Bucks or another team? I mean, I, d- I hope they don't feud with. ANX again because I think that sort of ended you know it was sort of overkill a bit with that feud this year because everyone thought it was going to end at ladder war but I think they had you know two more matches on TV from correct me if I'm wrong yeah I think you know they need to leave that feud for a while before they go back to it and you know as you said earlier the the tag division is so stacked that there's plenty of other options like future shock or um, young bucks or even bravados for the briscoes to um, feud with but the way they're building up Coleman and Alexander, if the Briscoes do win the belts, I could see them being up there with, you know, one of the first contenders. Because you see, that goes back to what I said. Maybe they are going to win that. Yeah. Man team. Maybe maybe they do, and maybe the Briscoes win, and you know that could set up a match. I'm not sure if the fans would really be into that one, but I wouldn't. I, but, um... I, I, I suppose it would make sense from what the way they built it up. But mm. um, yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, their matches against ANX were brilliant, but. Once you've seen five or six of their matches, you know how are five or six more going to, you know, how can they be different, and will people really be interested? I'm not sure they will. So, when you look at the other guys, I mean, they don't have to, you know, instantly go into a feud. They could just defend against several teams, which I think they might do. But I think the I think the Bucks are going to are definitely they're sort of rising up, aren't they? From when they came back, they seem to be getting lots of loot, you know, lots of wins, and they you know they beat A N X, didn't they? Uh, was it Southern Southern Defiance? I think, yeah, Southern Defiance. Yeah. They beat them, so um, they seem to be on the up. So I definitely consider them sort of the number one contenders um, in waiting. But uh, it'll be interesting to 
to see what they do the Briscoes. So as you say, it opens up uh, some fresh matches as well. So mm. um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, right on to ones. We've got a couple on the forum. This uh, wrestling is my savior again. Oh, we did the Richard Edwards one. Um, this is about Kevin Steen. Is Kevin Steen's near two-year storyline the greatest storyline in ROH history? It's, oh, that's a tough one. Hmm. I think it'd have to be up there, definitely. I mean, I think another one that really I enjoyed was the ROH versus CZW feud because yeah, I think that just was the way they did it was just brilliant. Um, you know, the the way they built it up and the the ending. I think that was just that was great. But I th- yeah, I think personally the Kevin Steen one the the, the way they've managed to keep it sort of relevant throughout that two years without have you know without forcing it down our throats or without it getting stale they've managed to you know I suppose it was Adam Pearce initially and now sort of delirious and Jim Cornette I think they they all deserve credit for the way they've gone about Kevin Steen because he's sort of he's become as we said before you know probably the most talked about wrestler on the independent scene and you know he's, he hasn't even competed in Ring of Honor this year and he's he's probably the most talked about wrestler in the company so. Um, yeah, they've they've kept him relevant, and they've kept fans wanting to see him. The fans are dying for final battle to see him against Carino. So, um, I suppose off the top of my head, I think yeah, it'd have to definitely be up there. And I'd probably, I'd probably say yeah, it's probably the greatest bit of uh, definitely the greatest bit of booking anyway. Yeah, some other ones that are up there that I could think of think of just off the top of my head would be the uh, crazy homicide versus uh, Colt Cabana feud from two thousand five, two thousand six. Yeah. Or do they just beat the living tar out of each other for weeks on end, or months on end? And uh, the uh, Brian Danielson and Takeshi, Takeshi Morishima view that ended at Final Battle 2008, I believe, in that insane match. Those are the only other feuds I can really think of, or storylines I can think of that rival the Kevin Steen one, just off the top of my head, other than the uh, CZW ROH you know, war. Yeah, I think we we had quite a long discussion on the forum about sort of the best. I think there's best feuds and the best rivalries. I mean, you look at rivalries, and you, I think the first one that springs to my head is Danielson and Nigel McGuinness. And while that was never like really a storyline, I think just the way them two guys just sort of completely just killed each other, basically every time they stepped in the ring. Yet they, everyone was still just you know they just wanted to see them face each other all the time, even though you know. I don't know how they managed to top every match they did because they just, uh, you know, if Shelton Benjamin's almost dying from a chair shot, then if he went, if he went through one of them matches, I think he'd be like dust or something. <laughs> uh, right, and a couple more from at Cripple Denim. He says, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but the Roderick Strong DVD that's just been released, um, that one and Davey Richards' DVDs, the best ofs, only have matches up until 2009 or 2008. Uh, the other best ofs, including the Briscoes and Eddie Edwards, go up to recent matches. Why do you think this is, and who else uh, would you consider deserves a best of DVD? It's very long. Um, I know. I think that I think that was from that was an email from Crippled Denim because I believe he's a bit injured at the moment, so can't uh, can't move around too well. So he's had to email us in. So any thoughts on that? I mean. Well, do you think there's any reason why the Briscoes and Eddie Edwards' best of DVD sort of go up to... Um, I mean, I don't... Edwards, his really don't. breakout didn't happen until two years ago. Like, he was, you know, good before him, but his breakout as, you know, one of the top players in Ring of Honor didn't happen until you know, 
2009, 2010. So it would have to include more of the recent matches. And the only thing I could think of for the uh, for uh, the Roderick Strong and David Richards DVDs only going up through 2008, 2009 would be so they can release you know another you know best of DVD here in a few years that re- that includes the most recent of their matches. I mean, I don't keep up with Ring of Honor DVDs much, but I mean, have any of these matches been released? You know, in other box sets at all? They, any... they had some about maybe must have been about four years ago now. I think a quite of quite a few of the the roster then had like sort of. I mean, like the, the more recent ones, have they been released in anything, any sort of packages at all? That you know, they didn't um, just re- release the same matches twice, so to speak. No, they they didn't do DVDs. They had they they released a few. I think. On sort of bonus discs with other DVDs, like the Fate of Black DVD had the best of Tyler Black on it, mm. and another one had uh, the best of the American Wars. And so, um, I mean, I guess for the with the Eddie Edwards one, the actual DVD is called Road to Triple Crown. So I suppose they ah, couldn't really sense, yeah. they couldn't really stop at 2008 because he wouldn't have two of the title. So <laughs> um, or 2009 or whatever. So and the sort of the Briscoes one. Um, I mean, they've just had so many great matches that I suppose they just wanted to include. I suppose they've got some of the ANX feud in there. And, uh, yeah, the Strong and David Richards. I mean, I, I don't know if there is a specific reason for it, but as as John said, maybe they're thinking of bringing out like, the second volume or something. I mean, uh, that would make business sense, I guess. But I'm not sure if there's a particular reason for uh, for any of them, really. I think, I think they just came up with a list of matches, the best ones they had, and mm. just put them on there, to be and honest. A, and another thing I'm thinking of is that a lot of the uh, DVDs that these uh, matches with Strong and Richards would be on, but most of the uh, older DVDs are kind of getting out of stock and uh, aren't available anymore on the ROH store, as the uh, more recent ones from 2009, 2010, and this year are still available on the store. So maybe they feared that if they included the more recent matches that people wouldn't buy the entire DVDs and would only buy the you know Roderick Strong and David Richards best of that included those matches. So maybe... They're waiting for the more recent DVDs to get out of stock before they include them in the best of uh, compilations for the wrestlers. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a valid reason. Mm. And the last one is from Mr. I believe, R. Sorry, I believe there's a sorry. second part to his question about who else oh, would um, box sets. Sorry, yeah, who else would you would you see um, say deserves the best of DVDs? I suppose the view sort of most of the top guys, I mean... I mean, has Kevin Seen had one? He hasn't, no, but I don't know if... I mean, I suppose you could just put a lot of the his matches with Generico as a team in. Um, yeah, I suppose... deserves one as well. Yeah, I'd definitely say Generico. I think Generico mm. would probably be my next... If I had to pick the next guy to have one, I think I'd choose Generico. And I think one maybe that not a lot of people would say, but I think it would be pretty good was like, a best of Steve Carino. I think that would be... Really interesting because I mean he had some you know some crazy matches back, you know sort of the early early days or you know 2005 around that time of ROH. So I think yeah, I was that, thinking that Jimmy Jacobs one would be great as well because he had some really good tag matches with a uh, BJ Whitmer as his partner and with and as the Edge of the Fall as long as yeah. as well as just insane you know bloody matches. I think he'd have an entertaining one. Mm, his feud against uh, Whitmer was crazy, wasn't it? I don't know if you've ever right. seen. I can't remember. I think it's um, one of. The, I think it's is it Dragon Gate Invasion or something like that. Um, it was Jacob against Whitmer, and it involved one of the 
craziest bombs I've ever seen where Whitmill goes to powerbomb Jacobs off the top rope and sort of and slips. Is, yeah. And then Jacobs like lands back of the head first on the ring apron. And it was just, oh, it was, it was actually like quite cringy to watch because, uh, I mean, if, I mean, he, he could have literally had, you know, could have broken his neck there because it was just so, uh, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, and the last one is from at Mr. R. He says, who do you think should take on Champer at Final Battle and who do you think eventually will end the streak? Hmm. <laughs> All these questions is about two, two questions. Two parties, yeah. Know, they're getting, they're good uh, ones. Getting, in there, aren't they? They're getting clever, aren't they? The, the, viewers, <laughs> the, the viewers, the listeners. Yeah. Well, it's probably going to be somebody like a... Uh... Somebody really low on the card to take on Champa at final battle. Probably somebody like. But I mean, uh, like, isn't this who we'd like want to, not who we think? Well, in in a recent news war, I actually said they've had an interesting name. Oh yes, contact, I saw this. Yeah. Contact Ring of Honor asking to face Champa, and I mean, I I don't really take much notice to uh, sort of dirt sheets, but someone said on the forum, and I checked it out, and I think it was PW Insider was saying that Ring of Honor are considering to considering to bring in several former WCW slash WWF stars. I mean, I don't really... No. <laughs> no, I don't really understand. No, I don't really see the point in that. And I hope it's know, just the, made up. The, yeah, I think well, most dirt sheet stuff is. But one man, you know, one name I was really taking from that and one man I probably, was probably thinking of anyway is like Finlay. Um, yeah. I mean, he's sort of on the independents at the moment and he's, I think he wrestled in Evolve uh, and apparently, he was, you know, he did quite well and I think it'd be... You know, he'd be a decent now to take on Champa because people, obviously, people know who he is, and I think people sort of respect him as quite a, you know, quite a good technical wrestler. So, for some, you know, for Champa to beat him rather than, you know, if, I don't know, if and you know, he took on Andy Ridge or something. I don't think, I think we discussed before that Champa has sort of suffered from not, fate, you know, not beating big enough guys that he's he's beating guys, but they're normally, you know, either jobbers or, you know, Andy Ridge or Chrissy Redwood where. Yeah, you know, while while it's a win and it's extending the streak, people aren't really taking it seriously because he hasn't really faced anybody yet. Mm. I, I just hope hope to God that they don't bring Homicide back in for that one because I think we've seen Homicide against the Embassy enough now and could be delirious possibly. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, I suppose they didn't have their match. They were going to have um, was, was it, it Glorbana? Glor- was it? Oh yeah, yeah. I think it was Glorbana. So that. I mean, yeah, I mean, Delirious is a name, or, yeah, I suppose maybe, I think Finley would be my guess, but, I mean, that's just a really pluck out of the air, really. There's no sort of foundation to that. How um, about uh, ending the streak? Yeah. It should be when he's going for a title, is when yeah. the streak ended, I mm. think. Then, yeah, yeah, I mean, I suppose, I think everything's sort of pointing towards Mike Bennett winning the TV title at Final Battle, I mean... I don't think they'd really do Bennett against Champa, would they? It's no, not really no. Gonna... And I mean, I don't think he's really warranted the world title match. I mean, it doesn't have to, it's not going to be soon, is it? The streak ending, really. So, no, I I think after a lot of build, I think he will be ready for a title, um, a world title shot, and that'll be when the streak ends. Well, unless they somehow build up a crazy feud between him and some other member on the roster, like a crazy blood feud, like you know the Embassy has had before with when you know Jimmy Ray versus CM Punk way back in the day. You know, if if they are able to build up a good feud i could see the streak ending in that way as well but i'm not sure who on the roster would be a good fit for that feud mm. i think if they built it up well enough to the the streak i think like uh, an up and coming like sort of face could maybe 
uh, you know, finally beat him, that would give him a decent sort of push. I mean, I'm not really sure. Maybe someone like TJ Perkins, maybe like after a while of them sort of uh, hyping up the the uh, street, because I think that's what the embassy needs. I mean, I think everyone sort of knows, you know, Prince Nando's are so good on the mic, and I think that I've, I've always really enjoyed the embassy, even during their run last year, which was pretty terrible. Um, <laughs> I thought I've always enjoyed them, probably because, of, you know, Prince Nando's just great. But um, I think that they've always suffered from not having any decent opponents to go up against. And I think, if you know, even if he's just taking on just random guys now and again, if Champa does get a decent streak of... I mean, how how long has it been now? It must be about six months at least, mustn't it? Um, I'm sure it wasn't. It? He was on one of the last HD Net shows, wasn't he, actually? He was, on, he was at the uh, anniversary show, wasn't he? Uh, I think I think his actual debut is like one of like literally one of the last HD net shows. I think he beat Mike Seidel. Um I think I don't know when that would have been like late March or so. When was the anniversary show? The anniversary show was in February. Yeah. Oh, maybe he wasn't at the anniversary show then. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that was his debut on the on RH on HD net. Maybe we'll have to go and check that again. But anyway, but yeah, about six, but well, even more than that, I would be. If they like built up to the tenth anniversary show, like his twelve month streak on the line against someone decent. He, he be... wasn't at ninth anniversary, by the way. No, I, I'm, yeah, I, ju- I just checked. Oh, false information from John. Yeah, again. Yeah, John, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I suppose they could hype up the whole twelve month thing, but I think he definitely just needs to start facing better, better opponents, and you know, opponents higher up the card to give him some credibility, because I. I think you know some people haven't been really uh, impressed by him, but I'm, I think his, his character's evolving. Um, I think, as you say, I think they should give him more time on the TV show because I think he's just sort of guy that just needs more time to you know Prince Nana can help him get over easily, and I think I like the way they're doing the whole. Um, you know, he's just he's just like a psychopath, really, isn't he? And he you know he looks the part, and he's he's not great in the ring, but he's you know he's pretty good. He's always getting better, so. I think he's definitely a guy that I'd like to see uh, being, you know, being pushed. So it's similar to sort of, uh, sort of uh, Michael Elgin or Mike Bennett as well. Is um, that the uh, last question for the past yeah, week? Then? Yeah, there are all the questions in uh, sent. Oh, I think we might have another one actually on the on Twitter. No, we don't. Um, okay, uh, that's, that brings <laughs> an end to this week's show. That. I've already seen it, and it's not one you're going to want to read out. Um, yeah. That brings an end to this week's show. We uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to leave any feedback or submit your questions. And also be sure to go to the forum and uh, you know apply to be on the podcast. We'd love to get some guests on so uh, more opinions than just us three can be shared. Because uh, after 13 weeks, I'm sure everyone's bored of our opinions by now. So we'll get some fresh ones on here. Um, you can, as usual, tweet us at ROH underscore world, um, facebook.com slash ROH world, contact at ROH world.com. And rhworld.com slash forum. You should really pre record that so you can just stop saying it. Copy paste it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, hopefully by now they remember at least one of the ways they can contact us. But uh, anyway, there they are, just in case uh, you need a quick reminder. Um, and uh, be sure to send in your questions for um, Steve Carino as well, because uh, as I said, he'll be joining us on next week's show to discuss. Uh, I don't know what we'll be discussing, really. Probably a lot of final battle and uh, a lot of his uh, career so far and everything. So um, be sure to send in any questions you have. I'd like to thank um, Stephen and John for joining me this week. Thank you for having me. Two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. Well, yeah, well done, John. Will you be here next week? Who knows? Uh, Tune in next week. Who, 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 who
Who will end John's streak of appearing on the podcast? I don't. Who knows? Will it be illness? Will it be him out, being out of town? Will it be schoolwork? Who knows? <laughs> uh, thank you for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next week for episode fourteen with uh, Steve Carina. <laughs>